The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. If you're looking for football tickets, maybe you're in Philadelphia this weekend, Monday Night Football at the link between the Eagles and the Giants, who are rolling out Eli Manning. Uh, I would suggest firing up that game time app just minutes before the game. You can see on the app a panoramic view of the stadium, exactly where you're getting yourself into. Uh, check out the stadium, see the, the possible seat views. Easy to tap checkout as well. And it's not just sports tickets, it's also music and theater tickets. If you have uh, maybe a show coming up, your favorite artist that you want to check out, I really suggest you check out the Game Time app. It is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Game on, everybody. Welcome to the playoffs. Week 14 is the throwback. Jake Steely, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. Reverse order. Follow Brad Ziegler, Brad Ziegler. Follow Chris Meany, Chris Meany. You know, I'm, well, hopefully, you know, I'm an only kid. I'm the only one that's different because I'm special. And uh, prayers up for Barkley. We need her to quick recovery. <laughs> the cone of shame is on the dog. And if you ever saw Up, it is 100% true. It is the cone of shame. Although the, the dog at Up. Was very happy at times and able to overcome it. This one, Barkley, no, she's been flipping out. So everybody out there that's dealt with it, I feel bad for you guys. And oh god, it's like such a, such a pain. I mean, it look, you got Chris. Do you have you ever had a dog? Yes, I have two dogs, and um, I knew the answer. I just was kind of setting up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Uh, yeah, I've always had a dog, um, even growing up. But yeah, I've got two, and I had to, uh, you know. One of my dogs had an ulcer on his eye, and he only had one to begin with when we adopted him years ago. And he was basically blind for three months with that cone on, and I felt bad. Anytime I see a cone on a dog, I just feel awful because I just know that they're either in pain or they just can't see. And they're just having a that's rough what, time. That's what, see, Brad, you know this, and we were talking about the rap thing that I'm waiting for to come tomorrow, but you said this before the show. How are we still at cones? Like, how have they still not come up with something better than this? Yeah, it's it's rough. We had we had a, a dog that uh, she was had something stuck in her paw or a sore on her arm or something, just constantly licking her paw. And instead of putting the cone on to prevent that, which is what we suggested, I got some some of the stretchy athletic tape, <clears throat> excuse me, from the training room at the field. Oh, nice! And okay. and like wrapped it around her her arm, and it's it's the kind that's like it's not overly sticky. It'll stick to itself, but not really stick to anything else. So it didn't like pull a bunch of hair off or anything when we were done, but. It, it at least allowed us to, and, and we would sometimes like put a sock over her leg and then put, you know, tape up at the top of the sock to hold the sock on. Uh, <laughs> but just something, something different because the, the cone is rough. Like she, you know, she's banging into everything oh, and everything. trying to get out the dog door to get outside or whatever is just a mess. 
Yeah, that's the thing is, so Barkley, I, I told you guys this, that she's adopted and the mom that they rescued was a puppy, essentially a year and a half old and she bit all the puppies. So they're all very sensitive to the top of the back of her neck. So it's a, it's a catch 22. It's the thing on the top of her leg. She tries to duck away from it, which makes it worse. And then they'll get like, oh, it's just, and they start slamming herself against the kennel. And it's, you know, I can't let her outside the kennel because she's going to be slamming herself into walls and stuff like that. So it's, it's yeah, we got to do something better, people. Come on, vets, pick it up. Pick up your game over here. Sounds By like, the way, sounds like the real Barkley just slamming into walls. <laughs> hey, you had a good game last week. I'll say this though, also on top of it, if you didn't think dogs could cry, yeah, they can cry. Oh, I saw like yeah. there's definitely stuff underneath the eyes, and that's like oh crap, heartbreaking. Yeah, but let's not talk about that. That makes you feel bad, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, heartbreaking maybe the people that aren't in the playoffs, but hopefully you're still listening anyway. I mean, you can play some DFS advice out of this and as we go through the games, and we'll start with Thursday night as we always do. But I feel like this game is pretty self-explanatory because it's the Cowboys, and you know how to start those guys at this point. The, the freaking Bears are really all we have to talk about. Alan Robinson's the start, Chris, but confidence level on, hey, it's your boy, David Montgomery. <laughs> or... <laughs> I will bring up that Anthony Miller starting to be intriguing now, especially with no Taylor Gabriel, likely again. Yeah. Actually, did Taylor Gabriel get shut down or he was just out for the, I think, yeah, I think he, I think he was just out, but, um, I haven't heard any good news about him over the past couple, you know, couple days. So he's still, he's still in the protocol as of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. So that's not good news, but I mean, Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller rather, I mean, this guy has 33 targets in his last three games. I mean, that's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think, you know, maybe deeper leagues, it's tough if you're in the first week of your playoffs and you're rolling on Anthony Miller. I mean, Yikes, I mean, maybe. And as for Montgomery, I mean, you probably didn't even make the playoffs, to be honest, if you have <laughs> David Montgomery on your squad. So, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think Allen Robinson, and it's, it's the only bear I'm really confident in at this point. Well, we know yeah, you're I, Anthony I'm, Brad, because you already said you weren't starting David Montgomery the rest of the way. So what do you feel about Anthony Miller? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not starting Montgomery, but I, I would play Miller. I, I think even if, even if at some point Gabriel comes back, I think Miller's past him now. And they've got a lot invested Finally. in this guy who's a high draft pick and, yeah. and now they're starting to use him and, and Trubisky showed some trust in him. I mean, he, <clears throat> he helped propel Trubisky to a decent game and that alone should, should make me say like, okay, he needs to be starting over Taylor Gabriel because it, he makes our quarterback better. The seven touchdowns last year, zero this year. I mean, Bears don't score a lot of touchdowns, but he is definitely better than Taylor Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what – I mean, Anthony Miller was basically like around eighth-round pick this year. People thought, you know, this is going to be yeah. his step-forward breakout year. Definitely didn't happen, partly because of Trubisky, partly because of injuries too. But as you mentioned, last three games definitely looks that way. All right, well, what about the, that first game of Sunday, let's jump into that one. Brad, Curtis Samuel – he pulled the Robbie Anderson. He pulled the Robbie Anderson of like, look, we're trying to give you chances. We're trying to give you hope. Yes, it's only three catches a game. Yes, you don't get 100 yards, but occasionally you score a touchdown. Then he does one catch and like, all right, guess what? You get the Robbie Anderson treatment, who also pulled around and did the Robbie Anderson treatment because after everybody removed them from his lineup and their benches and moved on, he goes off. So against the Falcons, is Curtis Samuel back in your, I don't want to say a circle of trust, but near there? Like it, are you going to pick them back up, basically? Yeah, I'm okay. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not excited about playing him, even though the Falcons is, is I feel like it's a pretty good matchup. Um, I think the Panthers are actually, they're going to come out and play pretty inspired this weekend, uh, with, with, um, Riverboat you know, Ron, Riverboat Ron being fired. Yeah, they, everybody loved him. And, and it, it's, I thought it was interesting this morning that it came out that now Cam has decided he's going to for sure have surgery. And it was almost like he was trying to come back and play 
for Ron. And now that, that he's, he's out of there, Cam's like, well, screw this. I'm going to get healthy and worry about me now <laughs> instead of the team. And, and so he's going to go have a surgery and be, you know, be ready come March, you know, prior to, to when they have to make a decision on him. So I, I think that says a lot about him. I think they're going to come out inspired. I think they're going to, you know, put up quite a few points against Falcons. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Usually you see coaching change, you, you, you see a team come out and they're inspired. But, um, as for Samuel, maybe, I mean, Greg Olson's, uh, I, I haven't heard anything about him either. I mean, we'll get some more news as Wednesday. We're, you know, recording pretty early on a Wednesday, but Greg Olson had, a, you know, he suffered a concussion in the last game. So if he's out, maybe that means a few more targets for a guy like Curtis. But, um, again, he's another guy that I just don't feel great starting in my first week of playoffs. No, I feel but like the matchup he's is pull. good though, Jake. You're right. It is. That's what's appealing about it. But I feel like he's going to pull the Sam Darnold, not the Robbie Anderson, because Robbie Anderson at least hit last week. But he's going to pull the Sam Darnold and be like, "Ha ha! You trusted me <laughs> in your face. You're knocked out of the playoffs. Enjoy my one point." Uh, on on the other side of the ball, Julio Jones sounds like he's going to play. You know, they held him out Thursday. They got the extra ten days on the fact that he still didn't really essentially practice even before that game anyway. So he's almost had a full two weeks off in this game against Carolina. It's not Julio Jones. We're starting him. It's not even the fact that Calvin Ridley, all right, he takes a step back. Let me ask you about two guys, Chris. With Julio Jones back, who gets the bigger hit as in you don't want to start him? Caden Graham? Or not Caden Graham. Wait, why am I mixing up names over here? Jaden Graham. Jayden I was thinking Caden yeah, nah. Smith and Jaden Graham. So, yeah, that new guy, Caden Graham, he'd be amazing. Mix those two together. Uh, <laughs> Jaden Graham and uh, now Russell Gage. Either one of those back into your lineup this week again after their success if Julio Jones is back? Um, I, I think Gage is – I think he's locked into uh, a role, and I think he's been in there ever since they traded Mohamed Sanu. He's getting a little bit of trust from from Matt Ryan over the past couple of weeks too. I mean, that first game he had nine targets and seven grabs, and then the bye week, and then he was pretty quiet against the Saints and Panthers. But over the last two weeks – you know, 19 targets, 13 grabs. He found the end zone late last week. It was a garbage time touchdown, but he still found it. And so I actually don't mind him in deeper formats like 14 team leagues. Um, I think Freeman is the guy that's pretty interesting in this matchup. You and I talked on Monday is that potentially this guy may have just been dropped. I mean, it's possible. If you look at his ownership across the board, it's, it's decently high, but it, I mean, when he was, he suffered the injury. It wasn't good anyways. There was a bye week mixed in there and he missed a couple games. This is possible that he was just available to be picked up. Yeah, his ownership has jumped up over the last 24 hours, so he was actually picked up in some spots. So he's actually the guy, surprisingly, um, that I'm interested the most in this matchup. Yeah, and I, so Jaden Graham, you, you can't play because there's, I think there's actually a chance that Austin Hooper comes back this week. And if so, that changes the whole landscape of the, of the Falcons pass offense. So obviously you play Julio, obviously you play Ridley, but if, if Hooper's in there, I think it hurts Russell Gage quite a bit. And so I think that's more the player to watch as opposed to Julio. If Hooper's in there, sit Gage. If, if Hooper doesn't play and it's Jaden Graham, then I put Gage back in my lineup. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. So next game, Baltimore, Buffalo, battle of the defenses, battling of running quarterbacks, one obviously significantly more, who only needs a few yards it's going to hit Lamar Jackson, a 1,000 rushing yards in week 14. Still has Jeez. three more weeks to go. This is ridiculous. It's He essentially is going to be a top 10 running back. Good for a running back on the passing side of things. So Lamar Jackson, we know. Mark Ingram, we know. Everything. The one question we have is, you know how I feel about him. As much as I love the talent, I am a fan. But I've been saying this for weeks, Chris. You can't start Marquise Brown, and you definitely can't start him against Buffalo unless you're just willing to go out there and say – 
He's my flex wide receiver four. I understand I potentially get a zero. I understand the upside I'm chasing is a 20, but that 20 has only had like two games this year. Yeah, no, no chance. This guy's not, he's not getting to my starting lineup either. I know. I was just looking at the game log. You're right. He's had four games so far this season with double digit fantasy points and a half point setting. And week one against Miami at 30 points and then 12 against Arizona. Other than that, it's just been five, four, nine, six, three point six last week. So absolutely not. I mean, I don't tend to shoot for upside at this time of the year. I'm, I'm trying to find a nice safe floor and, uh, I'd rather have a guy that I know will catch at least four or five balls, and that's just, just not going to happen. If it was a maybe a 4 o'clock game or a Monday game, you shoot for upside depending on your matchup. You need some points, sure, but it's a 1 o'clock in Buffalo, no chance. Yeah, I, I would I would completely agree. I don't. The only guy I want in the pass catching side of, of things for the Ravens is Mark Andrews, and I don't want to do anything with the receivers. <laughs> do you want to do anything with John Brown or Cole Beasley this week? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, I, I think... I think you can throw against the Ravens a little bit. I know that, I know they make some plays. Their defense is, is kind of a big splash play defense, but they also give up some points and yards sometimes too. So, um, I, I'm okay playing both those guys. You know, I, obviously I have uh, a little more confidence in John Brown be, just because I, you know, I don't know. I don't, it's just, I guess maybe it's a hunch. Maybe it's so, maybe it's not <laughs> obvious, but, um, I think Cole Beasley, you know, he went off last week. Just, it, it seemed like the perfect revenge game thing. Um, I don't see him duplicating that again the rest of the year. So I, John Brown's the only guy I really want to play, uh, out of those two. It's possible Beasley lets you down, but it's amazing that he's a top 25 wide receiver right now. It's, it's, he just seems to get four or five. This, that's one of the guys that I would actually play over Marquise. Like, that's a, a Prime example, a guy that I think will just get three to six catches, 50 to 75 yards. I'll take my 10 points and I'll just move on. Like he's not, you know, he's ranked currently as a wide receiver too. I don't view him that way, but as a flex guy in a full point PPR, I would play him. Yeah, touchdowns in five of the last seven too, so he's on a hot streak. And similar to the Patriots, the Ravens, we kind of can make some hay is in that slot area, so – I, I do think Beasley is – I think Beasley – you guys know this. I talk about the fact that I put it in the waiver column a thousand times this year. It's like either you want him or you don't. Like yeah. he's been he's been mentioned probably since like week three. I know <laughs> his like, catch like, props are always like three and a half too. So if you're playing single props, I mean it's, it's a decent little play. Hey, what do you, you want to shout out your show by the way? Yeah, best on the board. <laughs> best on the board, My Michael Beller and uh, myself, yeah. He was all over the, the Texans call last week straight up. Um, so, yeah, check that show out. I've been winning some people some money. I got somebody else on the overprop of uh, Kyle Rudolph three catches in that game. Nice. Took a little while, but he got there. You got it. Took yeah. a little while. That's all that matters. <laughs> he got, got the it. yards too, which I was surprised. I was more concerned about the yards because the last four games the yards have been super low. It's just been the touchdown. So talk about yards here. Talk about two wide receivers that can put them up in bunches. The Bengals at the Ravens, or not the Ravens, the Browns. Bengals at the Browns. John Ross could play if John Ross plays. What does this do for you, Brad? Complete like. Auden Tate, John Ross himself, Tyler Boyd. What does this do for you if John Ross is out there? Uh, I, I think it lowers Tate a little bit. Um, uh, Andy Andy Dalton loves Tyler Boyd. He has, you know, he he made him a, a top receiver last year and a, you know elevated his game even when AJ Green wasn't playing. I I love the fact that Tyler or that uh, John Ross would be on the other side because it it stretches the field, makes them play deeper, opens up the middle of the field for Tyler Boyd. I, I like Boyd. I would take Tate uh, a notch down. I think Tate becomes tight end, or touchdown dependent. Sorry, touchdown dependent at this point. 
Yeah, Ross is Ross is definitely going to play, and uh, Zach Taylor says he's going to have a role for sure. But he, you know, he could potentially be limited. Is another guy that I'm I'm definitely not trusting at all. You want to play some DFS, want to take some shots on Ross. The air yards are there. He's a deep deep threat guy. He's still hands are are definitely pretty shaky still. So I, I don't really have a lot of trust in him. I think it does hurt Tate, like like Brad says. But Tyler Boyd, I mean, he's averaged 10 targets per game with Andy Dalton under center. He did n- absolutely nothing with Ryan Finley throwing them the football. So I, I feel a little bit better about Tyler Boyd. I think I, you can treat him now as, you know, a borderline wide receiver too. All right. How about on the other side of the ball? We've been doing the Jarvis Landry over Odo Beckham the entire season. It's, let me ask this in a different way. In the next three weeks, Chris, the entire fantasy playoffs, is is Odell Beckham a lost season, or can he potentially do something over these final three weeks to, if anybody happened to make the playoffs with him, who likely drafted him in the first round, is there any hope for Odell Beckham down the stretch? Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, the leagues where I stuck on to Beckham, not great. In leagues that I <laughs> tried to acquire him, this is what I'm waiting for. I was waiting for these couple weeks. I wanted the Miami game, which was nice. Six for 84 and a touchdown. This game has potential. Arizona next week has potential as well. So this is exactly what I was waiting for. Maybe he can turn it around. At the end of the day, he'd probably finish. You hope that he has more than two touchdowns, but he could get a 1,000 yards. But it's been the catches, right? He enters with 57 catches on 103 touchdowns. Targets. Like he's just not been on the same page with Baker. He's been taken out by top corners all year long. If I had to pick one of the two, and I had some questions at the chat on Tuesday at the Athletic, I told people Landry. Why wouldn't I at this point? I mean, it's ten targets every single game. It's basically a touchdown every single game since week nine, and he's just getting again another guy who's getting anywhere from six to ten catches. I at this point, I trust Landry more than Beckham. Crickets. That's fair. I yeah. I I, I feel the same um, way. I wouldn't. I don't even want to start Beckham. Yeah, I don't want to start Beckham at, at all. Um, I if if I've got him on my team, there's a yeah. Yeah, it's a good matchup. Um, there's but there's also a chance they get up a little bit and and don't throw the ball very much. Uh, they got these two running backs that are are a pretty good two headed monster right now. So um, I think there's a really good chance that the volume is not there and. I don't want to. I don't want to play him. If I have to, I will. But he's. I'm. I'm looking at him at maybe like a low end wide receiver three, high end wide receiver four. Uh, I definitely have Landry ahead of that. Jake, here's a question I got. Somebody said they had Cook and there was just no other options for them to grab. They they didn't handcuff Madison. I don't know. Maybe they weren't listening to the show all year. But um, <laughs> they they had said that they had Chubb and Hunt and they wanted to know if they could play both. And I was like, well, like what yes. are your other options? And yeah, that's what I said. I was like, it's not ideal, but. The way that Hunt is going in a full-point PPR, it seems like he's going to get you 10 points. You're now at the point where, so in the waiver column, it, I, the reason I used the word circle of trust before is, well, one, because of, you know, meet the parents and <laughs> meet the, the Fockers. Fockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing was is because I said there's four backfields that are now outside of the circle of trust, as in you cannot start any of them for your playoffs. And it was the Colts. It was, I'm trying to think off the top probably of the, the box, I know one was the Bucks what? probably. Bucks absolutely old. Bucks are guaranteed. So it was, the, it was the Colts, Bucks, the Chiefs, unless we get down to two. Like if we find out both Williamses are out, and then the 49ers. So those were the four. And my point to bring that, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I would start both Browns. I would start both Seahawks. I would start both, like the, the second option in these offenses over trying to dick around with all those backfields. Again, the only one of those four is if it's down to Darwin and LaShawn McCoy, I feel better. But if one of the Williamses is active, then all four of those backfields I want nothing to do with. Yeah, that's – I agree 100%. That's fair. I, Let's jump – If 
Yeah, if, Dar- if uh, Damian, if Daryl Williams is active, which I, I don't see there's any way, like he looked like he blew his hamstring out, but um, if Damian is active this week, I would I would play him um, over one of those guys, but I wouldn't play McCoy or Darwin Thompson either one in any scenario. Even if it's just down to those two? No, I wouldn't because I, I don't know how that's going to shake out. And they signed Spencer Ware yesterday. He knows the offense. If he's in shape, there's a chance he gets worked in and takes touches away from those guys too. So um, I – at this point, Damien's the only guy that I would even think about in my lineup just because every time he's been in there, he has outscored McCoy, every, except for you know one game when he got hurt mid midway through. But he's been right, higher well, than McCoy every other game. Chris, should we play, play the game with Brad, Darius Geis, or? I mean, that's what we did on Monday. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we should hit the I mean, let's, I, here's a, this is your team, Brad. Darius right. Geis or any of the Chiefs. Would you start Darius Geis over all of them this week? Uh, if Damien plays, I would play Damien. I, I like the matchup against New England. The the Chiefs, Andy Reid has exploited that before with Kareem Hunt um, with a pass catching back. And so I, I think um, there is a chance that – and Damian had a great game against the, the Patriots in the playoffs last year. So I, that's the one guy that I – but I, I'm not putting McCoy or, or Darwin Thompson in any lineup. I, Darwin Thompson to me should not even be added. I, I think that's, that's kind of a, a bizarre, massive waiver wire trend, but I just don't see that happening, him being extremely relevant this year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what else? Uh, how about Darius Geis or any of the 49ers running backs? Oh, man. Um, I would probably play Mostert right now. Assuming what if Brita comes back? Lead guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Mostert earned, I think Mostert earned a lot of, a lot of, uh, respect last game. You know, he got the most touches against, in a game that was like, you know, potentially a Super Bowl preview, and they were just riding him like crazy. I think there's a really good chance yeah, that they come out and do, do the same thing again. <laughs> don't do it. Don't fall for the Shanahanigans, man. Don't do it. I think it's possible that they try to do that. Yeah, they, I agree. He's earned some reps. He he runs hard. He looked great, but you just don't know. Yeah, if, if Burita comes back, and maybe they, who knows if they get behind in the game, maybe it's Seven Coleman catching balls out of the backfield. It's it's a it's a nasty situation. I stay clear of that KC one too. Like I don't want anything to do with that. All right, so last one, and we'll kind of loop in the game here for this one. Uh, now, Chris, you're involved in this one too because Monday this one was different. Monday we didn't really know, and all of a sudden it sounds like Marlon Mack is coming back. So Marlon Mack or any Colts or Darius guys. Marlon Mack also faces the Bucks this week. Yeah, that's a tough one. And he yeah. doesn't pass catch. I'd probably play guys. Yeah, I think I would lean guys there too. Again, it's pretty risky to roll out Mac your your first week here, I and mean, you never know what what to expect. Guys against Green Bay, you know, you can run on Green Bay. Teams have dominated the line of scrimmage against them so far this season, and you're probably going to get ten to twelve touches from guys. But he's looked pretty good in some of his runs. I think it was a couple weeks ago he looked good on a on a catch where he brought it to the house, and then last week with that stiff arm he looked awesome too. I know it was against Carolina, but this matchup's okay. I'd go with guys. Yeah. So let's go back to that Indianapolis game. And Zach Pascal, okay, Brad, we brought him up again on Monday. And for anybody that wasn't listening to that show, I haven't listened for the past couple of weeks. Uh, dude, the, the quick, simple version is Randall Cobb failed to be the number one because he wasn't equipped to be. Zach Pascal has shown to be the same thing as then he may, just can't handle being a number one. But last week, the volume was there. And the volume certainly helped him have his best game, essentially in a long time, almost all of the season. So Zach Pascal for you against the Buccaneers pass defense, Brad. Is Pascal a must start? Is he still too risky because of that asked to be a number one and can't handle it for that, you know, most of the time? Uh, where are you falling on Pascal with no looking like again, T.Y. Hilton? 
Yeah, if T.Y.'s out, I'm playing Pascal. I, I think he's a must-start, and I'm looking at like the kind of game that Christian Kirk had a couple weeks ago against Tampa Bay where he may just absolutely blow up, score two or three touchdowns. Like that, they, they proved last week that they're they have no problem shoveling volume to him. He's gotten a lot of targets in the time that Ty's out, and this is just this is a Jacoby Brissett, Zach Pascal dream come true right here. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's nobody around for sure. Um, yeah, I would play him too, and his ownership's only 19. percent We talked about him, Jake. He was a great start last week too, um, and just it makes a lot of sense because nobody is around, right, in that offense, as, as Brad alluded to. It's it's him and Doyle, and there's just not a lot of guys there. So against the Bucks, yeah, I mean, you could see a very similar game, double-digit targets, five or six grabs. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a not only just a sneaky play, but you need some help at wide receiver. I mean, how how crazy would it be to to think that Pascal could outscore OBJ this week in your I first knew, week of your playoffs? As soon as you said, as soon as you said, how crazy! I <laughs> you knew, knew I was the rest going of your sentence, I knew what the rest of your sentence was. It's unbelievable <laughs> to think about, but hey, that's fantasy football. You got to play the matchups and spread opportunity. So, Pascal or Odell Beckham? Who are you starting? <laughs> I don't have the stones, man. I would start Beckham, I think. But no, I would I would play Pascal. I have no problem doing that. Um, I, I've got an actually an interesting dilemma this week in, in in this game. Right now, I currently have Sam Darnold as my quarterback um, because I played the matchup hey. last week, got screwed. But I'm I'm in a it's a it's a league it's a ten team league. The playoffs are only weeks fifteen and sixteen, and I'm in a must win situation this week. If I win this week, I'm in. If I lose, I'm probably out. So if uh, but I've got a chance to pick up Jacoby Brissett off the waiver wire and play him over Darnold. But Darnold's playing the Dolphins, who everybody shreds. So, what do you think, Jacoby Brissett or Sam? Not Darnold? everybody. There was those two weeks. Those, those two weeks, they did somewhat decent. If everybody, everybody was like, "Oh, wait, maybe the Dolphins have turned around. Maybe this is a defense that's not just the most exploitable." It was kind of the inverse of you know. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. It was the same as like the Falcons and the Raiders, and then they went back to being right who they were. Uh, I would. Start, I'm telling you, I, he's in worst place for me. <laughs> I, I ranked him, but Sam Darnold is never, ever, 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 ever. Again, touching my lineup, and to give you my answer, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is 18 for me. Sam Darnold is 14. I would still start Brissett just because Sam Darnold's never getting in my lineup again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would go with Sammy Boy, um, but yeah, it's it's been risky. I had a notification come to my phone that Darnold's been completely consistent lately. You got to roll him out. I, I forget what outlet it was from but i was like wait a minute what you like 10 points last week yeah (laughs) 10 fantasy points last week against the the Bengals. by the way their defense has been a little bit better lately they've been dialing up some pressure but um yeah i think i'd go with darnold there brad but good luck man (laughs) yeah the only the only concern i have with brissette all the time well now it's also the lack of weapons but he was at the beginning of the season on that you know, there's the Russell Wilson efficiency of touchdowns and only throw. I mean, he's actually Lamar Jackson, you know, throwing for 180 yards, but getting two touchdowns or throwing for 200 and getting three touchdowns. And as if he doesn't get the touchdowns, that's the downside of Brissett, unfortunately, because he's also not running a ton. So, right. uh, wow, I, I kind of forgot where we, oh, yeah, we did Cincinnati, Cleveland. Then we jumped around. I was looking at the schedule to see like where we went around to. So we brought, let's go back to Darius Geis. How about the Redskins against Green Bay? We talked to Geis already. Here's the question I'm going to ask you is wide receiver, Chris, Terry McLaurin no chance. against Green Bay or Kelvin Harmon, who's, look, possession guy, bigger body, red zone option, and over the past 
two games, yeah. has done more than Terry McLaurin because McLaurin's starting to get the Randall Cobb as the number one, the Zach Pascals. He's starting to get the number one treatment for defenses. So in a deep league, obviously. Actually, you know what? Not even a deep league. Would you start McLaurin or would you start Harmon this week? Because I think that's a legitimate question. Yeah, I, I think it is too. And 12 teams, I'm not playing either of them. I'm going to cop out and say no chance on either of those guys. But if I had to choose between the two... Oh my goodness. I, I think that McLaurin has definitely has a higher ceiling. I think we can all agree with that. But ever since we mentioned Harmon a couple weeks ago, it's it's been six and five, six and three, five and three. Like there's been like it just one it, fewer snap yeah, than McLaurin. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they're kind of right on the same page there in terms of just production and snaps. So um I don't know. I think honestly I'd probably just take the upside with McLaurin, but I, I'm I don't hate the Harmon call and maybe like a six. But it's now player. a legitimate conversation. Yeah, it is. It wasn't before. It was. It was. We, we could laugh at it, but it is a conversation. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Uh, Brad, you like to make the bold moves. This feels like a Brad move. <laughs> uh, I, I'm playing neither of these guys, and I know the Packers can can be <laughs> that was thrown a, on that the is an option. Another call. Yeah. I, um, okay, so if I'm picking one, I'm picking Harmon. Um, there you go. Just because like it, in, yeah. in this scenario, I'm probably looking at. If I'm playing one of these guys, I, and I'm desperate, I need a little bit of a floor, and I think his floor is higher than, than McLaurin's right now. Okay. See, that's what I, I just wanted to get that that's, out there. That's, that's <laughs> what you wanted to hear. Packers side, there's only one question, and I said it to, was it Chris, Chris did I take the victory lap with you, or was it Pat yeah, Show? Yeah, we took, we took some victory Okay, laps. it was on this show. So Brad, I took a victory lap on Monday, and I took a victory okay. lap about Aaron Jones again. And again, for everybody out there, this is somebody who likes Aaron Jones' talent. I don't know how many times I have to say this. I think he's one of the best runners on a per-touch basis. But what we've seen this entire season was what my victory lap was about. The Packers refuse, outright refuse to use him as a bell cow. Jamal Williams has been more productive as late. Do we still rank Aaron Jones in front of Jamal Williams against the Redskins this week? Uh, yeah, but it's close. I mean, you have to put Jones higher, but it's, you can't, I mean, you don't, you don't have faith in it. The one thing that I, I feel like Jones is, um, has, he has a better chance for the big play and that can, right. you know, he, he had the, the game against Kansas City where he had like seven catches and over a hundred yards. And a lot of it was, uh, uh, basically they threw him out as a wide receiver screen and, and he took it to the house 60, 70 yards. So, it's when he has that in his repertoire, then you've got to put him a little higher if they're splitting touches because that is not in Jamal Williams' game at all. He's not a a breakaway type player. Yeah, I. It's so close to me, honestly. I mean, the one thing <laughs> because you just look at the touches over the last couple of weeks. I mean, last week Jones fifteen, Williams fourteen. The week before Jones thirteen, Williams eighteen. The week before that, they both had thirteen, and then you know, four weeks ago, it was nine from Jones and eight from Williams. So it's, it's dead on. And it seems to be more work in the passing game lately from Williams. And he's got 12 targets and 13 catches over his last two games. Jones only has four catches on seven targets. And the one reason that I was giving Jones the edge is because of the goal line work. It seemed like when he was, when Packers were near the red zone, the goal line, he was getting all those touchdowns. I mean, you look at all the rushing touchdowns that Jones has had so far this season. He's got 11 touchdowns. And, but last week, Jake, and we talked about this, there was a couple moments where they were down by, I think, the five, inside the five, and Jones wasn't getting the ball. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, if he's not going to get the ball, then I'm even more frustrated with this guy. So I think it's pretty close. I still give the edge to Jones, <laughs> but this is much like the Cleveland backfield or the, yeah, the Cleveland backfield. You can play both of these guys. Absolutely. You 
you can, but he Aaron Jones is essentially now Will Fuller of running backs. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, <laughs> three touchdowns or thirty yards. Right. Like, it's. Yeah. It's. Yeah, yeah, by the way, right. speaking of Will Fuller, did you know that two games that he had the two games sixty seven point nine percent? Or no, no, no. Hold on. That was that was the snaps for Stills. Sorry, wrong one. I meant to say sixty five percent. Sixty five percent of his production came in those two games. For Fuller? For Fuller. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Of his fantasy Classic Fuller. For the rest of the and a lot, told a lot games. of people at the athletic chat too. I mean, every time Fuller was involved in the questions, no, 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 he's not getting in there for me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. This is a better <laughs> matchup, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. Here, I tell you what, this is DFS to a, the, the, the nth degree is go play a tournament with Aaron Jones and Will Fuller and all. Yes. You'll finally hit one week out of the season, but I don't know if it's a plus EV. So <laughs> that's the real question. Depends on when you play and when you hit and what you do with the hit, but. Hey, maybe it all happens in one week, and you can be excited about that. How about being excited about? Uh, I told you, Chris, I was not saying David Blau. I was saying David Blow me after that game because I was so mad about what he was doing. But he's going to keep slinging it. He's going to keep slinging it. He doesn't care, and rightfully so. He's not just the backup. He's the backup to the backup. So, Brad, I guess the Vikings' pass defense, which is non-existent this year, is Kenny Galladay in your lineup? And a must start in your lineup, and is Marvin Jones even in your lineup? Because, like I said, Blau is going to throw it. The question is, is what we've seen in college and what we've seen from Blau in that first throw in that game. David Blau's a mediocre talent. Yeah, he he is, but he he also is, now has yeah, and he also now has ten days to prepare, you know, to to start. Whereas he was kind of you know thrown into the fire on a short week last week, so. Um, I, I think there's a really good chance that he, yeah, I'm starting both those guys that, you know, they both got touchdowns last week. They both saw a decent volume. Even, I mean, it, it sucks that Hawkinson's out now because Hawkinson was getting a ton of volume last week, even if, even when it was short, but it gave you confidence in a check down guy. I think Amandola is actually a, a decent play this week. Um, just because of, of his ability or his, uh, blouse, blouse, a chance to, or blow? How do you say it? blow? Blow. It's blow. it is blow. Yeah, I just wanted to. You, so, you could just, say blow. Yeah. So yeah. He, well, no, that's just he, that. No, that if you say it, then you have to call it <laughs> David can blow me. Then then you have you gotta. That's his nickname. Gotcha. <laughs> so guy. yeah. So he he uh, you know or or blow me. Under he does the well, and now I'm mad yeah, at so. him. Yeah. He has a but, he has a decent game. He played decent against Chicago. I know, and we're pissed over. off yeah, about it, it because you wasn't it supposed was, to. Yeah, but he he you know but Hawkinson um. What, like I said, was getting those volumes. There was a propensity to check down. I think there's a really good chance Amendola has a good game. I would actually be okay playing all three of those guys this week. Oh, man, I'm out of Brad's guillotine league because I didn't start Kenny Galladay because I thought Blau would blow. And I started Ty Lockett, <laughs> and this guy didn't do anything. My goodness. So I, I just – We're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, you're, you're right, though. I think the bottom line is – is when you get a quarterback coming in with an opportunity like this, he's he's going to lean on some of his weapons to get it done. But um, you know, you you take away some of the big plays, and I know you know somebody's out there is probably rolling their eyes. Maybe it's you, Jake. You can't take away the big play, but really, like Kenny Galladay, that that big play at the at the in the first series, I think it was like a seventy-five yard touchdown. Other than that, and the Marvin Jones touchdown, like these guys are are putting up you know pretty mediocre numbers. So. I still have a hard time trusting them. Roads close is not a thing at all anymore. It it is actually a pretty decent matchup. Oh no, they added a few lanes. <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh, wow, did he ever look bad on what 
Mendoza that more touchdown. It looked like he had just given up, and then he was on the sidelines for a little bit after that. So, well, um, it's because it's quote unquote miscommunication. Yeah, miscommunication all year. But you got to figure that they're going to be down in this game, maybe, right? I mean, they're, they're I think Minnesota's ten point favorites. Maybe there'll be some chucking. Minnesota is a tough team to run on. Is you know Seattle had some success, but they're really good at running the football. So. I don't mind Kenny Galladay. I think I'm a little hesitant on Marvin Jones, but these guys are not wide receiver two, wide receiver three anymore. I felt better with, you know, Driscoll. I was a little bit down when Stafford was out, and then Driscoll made me feel better. I'm not there yet on a matchup where you need to win that you could start Jones. Maybe it'll be David blow me away, and it'll be like, hey, he's even better than Driscoll. It's very possible. I mean, he, he, you know what? Again, I would give him a little bit of credit. His arm was okay. He made some decent decisions, but you're right. He's just like a below-average quarterback. He doesn't run around. Um, he, he was panicking at some points, but, yeah, no thanks. Every time I hear running around, I always think, I've been running around this town. In. <laughs> Every time I say running around. But anyway, Adam Thielen, if he plays, is he uh, back immediately into your lineup? No. Really? Nah, I Marvin Jones I or Adam I mean, Thielen? I would play Adam Thielen. Probably few in there, but I, I gosh, I, I don't know. Well, I don't. I, I, really tr- don't... I was trying to think when you said no. I was trying to think of how low I had to go to get him into a conversation for you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just nervous about the same thing happening where he runs back out there and immediately pulls it again. And that's I'm not saying he can't be productive, and it's it's a decent matchup. It's just not one that I like when when a guy's coming back off an injury. And it's an injury where he's already shown an ability to re-injure it. That makes me really, <clears throat> excuse me, makes me really nervous the rest of the year uh, to to run him out there until I see kind of need to see it out of him. It's another so, guy ahead on your guillotine league, Brad. Um, yeah, I I agree with Brad. I think part of me wants to feel like if he comes back, he's fully healthy because Minnesota's been really cautious with him. But he had a right. setback in practice last week, so it's pretty like. I'd feel like the risk is a little bit higher that he could have another one maybe in warm-ups or at some point during the game. So, yeah, I'm a little hesitant to start him. Well, and it doesn't sound like he's going to, but would you put T.Y. Hilton in the same conversation, or is it because he's T.Y. Hilton and it's against the Buccaneers and they've been super cautious without a setback for him? Yeah, you know what? I have a little well, bit no, more he had faith the, he had a setback. His, his was an in-game setback, actually. Yeah, and and Frank Reich just recently said he's hopeful that he will return at some point this season. So I, I think I, I would imagine he's he's definitely out. But Ty has done this before, where he's played through these injuries and he's been productive. So I have a little bit more faith. That's in the him. thing too. Yeah, he's kind of like Julio Jones. What if he, he just plays? Battles. Yeah, he's out there. Like I mean, Julio Jones. How often has the dude had a foot problem? I mean, ninety percent of his career. Yeah, <laughs> it's just always playing through something. All right. Let's uh, talk about probably what might be the game of the week in 49ers at Saints. This is going to be probably a playoff preview. Well, likely it could be a championship playoff preview in the NFC. So 49ers side of it, we already talked to the running backs. We don't want anything to do with that. Wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, talk about somebody who's banged up. He's not 100%, but he's close. But he's also got the Saints this week, who Debo Samuel in the slot, he has the benefit of not seeing Lattimore, assuming Lattimore still plays again. So all that being said, Sanders and Debo Samuel against this secondary, do you just roll both out because you assume they won't be on, or Lattimore won't be on either one of them the entire game, Chris? Yeah, I I actually like Sanders a little bit more, um, despite Debo. Yeah, just despite. See, I go the other way. Yeah, I I knew you would, and it does make it does make more sense to go the other way. Um, Well, I also have a soft spot for Debo. Yeah. 
and I kind of have one for Sanders. I don't know. I, I feel like he'll, I feel like he'll be involved and they'll try to find a way to get him involved in this game. They may have to throw the ball a little bit more, but again, I am a little hesitant to start either of these guys that don't feel all that great in a, in a standard 12 team league and as rolling these guys out as a wide receiver three flex. But, uh, Debo has been really nice over the past four weeks, right? He's either got a touchdown or a hundred yards in a four straight game. So I totally yeah. get it. Um, but I'm a little hesitant to start either of these guys. That's because he's Brad? due to have a bad game now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> no, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, there's, there's, there's at least a good chance that, that the Saints are going to throw the ball quite a bit to stay in this game because, um, they're, they're not able, they're not running the ball efficiently and effectively right now. So if that happens, then there's a chance that, that the 49ers are going to need to pass, um, you know, and, and this could end up being a little more of an offensive game than we anticipate. Um, we know with, with what I feel like are, you know, the 49ers defense is obviously elite. Um, but I, I think the Saints will be able to move the ball in, in New Orleans. So, um, I think there's a good chance that, that both these guys are relevant. Although I, I would feel a lot more confident playing Debo. All right. On the flip side of the ball, the, for the Saints, uh, never mind. There's nothing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there really anyway. isn't. <laughs> I mean, seriously, there really isn't. No. <laughs> it's, you start you the three guys. play Hill in a Superflex? <laughs> no. I, think, I actually I think had people have some Drew Brees questions out there. I mean, whether or not to start him at home against the 49ers. What was the first two words of that, though? At home. I'm not sitting Drew Brees. Right. I, I would agree with you, but what about him or Kyler? Like, I would definitely start Breeze over Kyler, but some people seem I'm just early looking on rankings. I, I see Kyler ranked ahead of Breeze. I, I feel like that's okay. a little. Well, no, I would play Kyler. <laughs> would you? Okay. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. Just really? See, yeah, it's Pittsburgh. The, that's interesting. Well, because they're running, but and that's really he didn't really even look healthy last thing, week. Right? Yeah, he didn't look yeah. good last week. But he still did his thing. He still had a fine game. I guess it's really what it comes down to is it's 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 really hard for me and Gerald. You know this, like. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, a little Mark Jackson for a whole other level of it. But what we were talking about, Jeff Driscoll, for the entire time, like one of the things that I always like is I'm going to go with somebody that can potentially get me a free touchdown just by being himself. And that's what I'm going for. Like he didn't look healthy, but 28 yards on a touchdown on yeah. four rushes. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He did nothing passing again. He zero. He had no passing touchdowns. What do you have passing last week? Like a buck fifty, buck sixty, yeah, somewhere back to back weeks. It's been yep. yeah, one fifty, one sixty. So, and that's really the thing. But if the, what do you go? Yeah, back to back weeks. The game against San Francisco, he still threw two touchdowns. That was actually he threw two against them twice. And that's where I come down to it. Is like, Kyler Murray. It, look, I'll say this: Drew Brees is safer. If I'm going out into my playoffs and my roster solid top to bottom, I'll just play Drew Brees. If I scratched by, fought tooth and nail, I'm in there and I have questions at three spots, then I'm going to just shoot for the ceiling with Kyle Murray. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep, totally. All right, so giddy up. Let's talk giddy up. Let's talk Broncos at Texans. Hey, giddy up horses. You see that transition, Chris? (laughs) I knew it was coming. That's why I said, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you knew that was coming. You knew that was the next game. So, I, I found this one interesting. I'm just going to throw this question out to you guys. Now, for sleepers this week, I went higher. I jumped up almost a tier because it's the playoffs. I'm assuming sleepers in the playoffs. I did give a couple deeper ones. Like, you know, I offshoot of mention of Kelvin Harmon, just like, hey, if you really need to dig deep. But we're in the playoffs now. I'm assuming most teams don't need to dig that deep. 
And for one of those reasons, Chris, I said somebody who's an RB2 who I think has RB1 potential this week is Philip Lindsay, especially in this matchup specifically. Philip Lindsay has got almost 20 touches a game over the past couple weeks, and it hasn't been double digits every single time because some of the work's been limited, partly because of the offense. But if you look at this matchup, if you look at what Philip Lindsay brings, I think he has RB1 potential this week, and I was surprised because I had two or three people push back and say, really? So much faith in Philip Lindsay? And I found that surprising, in my opinion. Yeah, that is, that is a little surprising. I think Royce Freeman outsnapped him, but he hardly touched the football. Like, he wasn't involved at all. I think he only had, like, five carries, maybe, and Which a, a so couple weird. catches. Yeah, it, it, outsnapped and by far... Not even close. Out touched by Lindsay. Yeah, you wonder if they feel better with him on the field than like pass blocking situations. Uh, I'm not really sure what what's going on there, but I I do agree. Lindsay, he's he's definitely a guy that you you feel like he's going to touch the ball about 20 times. Again, I said this before. I don't feel like Houston is a a good matchup to run on them, but you saw what James White did. There's been a couple other running backs who have had yeah had that have the had entire some success, year definitely that have had some success throwing the football against them. So. um and that that seems to be Lindsay, but again, I mean, at least that's what it's. We, just the past couple weeks, it's been Freeman catching balls, which is just it just confuses me, right? Like Lindsay three catches, sure on four yards, like Freeman in there getting more targets and more catches. That that and it's been like that for a good chunk of the year. Even the first few weeks of the season, it was like, wow, Freeman's actually catching five or six balls. Well, to here. your it's point, Lindsay. The crazy thing. So the last three games, I said eighteen touches, fourteen touches, twenty touches. Two one and three receptions. The last double digit game he had was nine carries and no receptions right before the bye against the Browns. Wow, interesting. Yeah, but I agree. Like Lindsay's definitely I'm not trying to talk anyone off of Lindsay and play Freeman. Like if I had to choose, it's obviously uh Philip Lindsay. So yeah, I mean he it's it is a good matchup through the air. Maybe he catches a few balls. Same for yeah, you, Brad. The, the key to me in this one, yeah, was was what Chris said about James White. That is James White is a like and Philip Lindsay are basically the same running back. They can both handle a decent amount of carries and also catch the ball like crazy out of the backfield. And and the Texans defense got exploited last week and like Jake said, they have been all year from the pass catching running back. I think there's a really good chance Philip Lindsay it's in his range of outcomes to be the number one running back this week. I don't I'm not mm. predicting that, but I think it is very possible that there he ends are. up with a hundred and fifty yard three touchdown game. <laughs> Bold Brad, bold. Yeah, oh, yeah. Should, okay. That, Philip Lindsay RB one. Lock it. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I like the title of this, title of this episode. Episode, <laughs> episode one seventy the throwback. Philip Lindsay, number one running back for the week. So yeah. Brad's <laughs> Drew Lockett, baby. I like it. Yep. <laughs> Drew Lockett. Lockett's gonna or Drew Lock is gonna lean on Drew him all, it up. all game. Yeah, how yep. about and yeah. how about Sutton too? I know Jake, we kinda glossed oh over him gosh. on Monday. Like this guy had, you know, Flacco to Why Allen to Lock. It lock. Um, yeah. You know where I have one. him this week? Number one Number overall. 12. No, 12. Okay. 12. Yeah, and I, I could even see you that who's 13? being a touch low. He's unbelievable. Uh, I know. You know who's 13? No. Devontae oh, no, Parker. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Parker should be number I'm, one. I mean, Devontae, so Pat put Devontae Parker at number five this week. <laughs> oh, baby, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I, I like mean, it. Pat's not afraid to make those bold calls. But, yeah, Tyler Lockett, or, jeez, man, Tyler Lockett, get out of my head. Um, Devontae Parker, <laughs> either 56 yards or a touchdown in every game but one. In the one and the game. one was against Stephen Gilmore. Exactly. Week two. I think maybe even Rosen was throwing passes to him that week. Yikes. 
Is, is Gilmore giving up a reception since 2012 or something like that? <laughs> uh, I want to finish this game, and then we are gonna we're gonna get to Tyler Lockett. It just happened no. to be this, this this we we have to talk about. It. It's gonna be the Sunday night game. So on the same page of this game, if you want some success running the ball, it is pass catching. So is this like last week, Brad? Another Duke Johnson week or Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde rebounds? Uh, I, I think it's a Carlos Hyde rebound, but. I don't have evidence to back that up. That's just kind of a hunch that I I think they're gonna they're gonna end up just kind of pounding the ball a little more. And that's definitely not a Duke Johnson game. Um, you know, they're it's it's gonna be they're they're at home. I think there's a decent chance they get up in this game and and have a good game script to just run the ball. And and I think there's a chance that Hyde you know ends up with with you know back closer to 20 carries as opposed to the 10 he had last week. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. Yeah, if you if you feel like Houston's going to get into get into a shootout or have to throw the ball a little bit more, it's it's going to be a Duke game. I don't feel like that's going to be the case this week. All right, so let's move on to the next game because we don't need to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and worst place Will Fuller. But <laughs> moving on to the hey, throw him in the lineup with all the rest of them. Uh, Chargers at Jaguars. Minshew Mania's back, Chris. Oh, Beowulf. Beowulf is back. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. I want to ask you guys both the question and see how much weight you put into it. So when Minshew came into that game, I went through every single snap, and he out-targeted – well, not he. Chris Conley was out-targeted to – wait, no, no. Let me rephrase that one more time. Let's try this again. Third time to chime. Right, here we go. Conley had more targets than D.D. Westbrook. So I, I don't bring up D.J. Chark because we know he's the number one. But does that half of a game – of Minshew going to Conley more than D.D. Westbrook. Now with all three being healthy, all three on the field, all three doing work as of late, does that concern you with D.D.? Because we saw some numbers with D.D.'s and D.D. in the past with Minshew. Do you think it's now Conley as the number two, or do you think it's just too hard to predict going forward? Yeah, I, I personally think it's a, it's too hard to predict, but, um, you know, I think I if I had to choose between the two, it, it may be Conley. I mean, uh, I think even though Didi, I believe he scored a touchdown last week, I think there's a better chance with Conley touchdowns. You look at some of the games that he, you know, when he really started to break out with, with Minshew, I, I look back at week seven, you know, when he had 83 yards and then he followed it up with 103 and, and a touchdown. He had three games in a row where he had seven targets and then the bye week happened and then they, they made the switch and, and he was still pretty good. He was involved, but there was a, at least a connection there between Minshew and Conley. And I, I don't, you know, can't say the same thing about with D.D. Westbrook uh, and Conley. There, there seemed to be that more connection there, um, you know, with Foles. So, I mean, yeah, even look at one of the games. I know D.D. was hurt, but he only had one target, zero catches with, with Minshew there. So if I had to choose a little bit of an edge, because it could be actually both of these guys could be in play this week. I mean, we, we all like D.J. Chark, but Casey Hayward is, you know, he's pretty good. Uh, and you can shut down guys. So I, I think Conley and DD can both be in play, but I will lean Conley over DD. Okay, I'm I'm definitely going the other way. And the the mm. game that you're talking about where DD had one one target, no catches, hurt, it was, right? was he got hurt. He got hurt in that game, missed the next couple. But before that, five targets, nine targets, six targets, eleven targets, eight targets, nine targets, all with Minshew as quarterback. He's getting fed the ball like crazy. Um I, I think there's a really good chance that that Westbrook is a wide receiver too this week. Um, I, I think there's just, there's good volume. I like the matchup against the Chargers. Um, and I, and, you know, the, the Broncos did it last week with Sutton against the Chargers, throwing the ball up to, to their number one guy. I think it could be a really big week for DJ Chark, too. I like Minshew a lot as a starting quarterback this week. Really? Yeah, it was QB1. Play him over Darnold. 
Uh, I'd have him in the top twelve for sure. I'm not playing him over Darnold. Not when Darnold's playing Miami. But I am. I do. I do have him as a QB one this week. I, I as a low end, like I think number eleven was where I had him. So um, I, I I'd like him just because I like the, the weapons they have in that game. Uh, in the passing game, and I, I think, I mean, you can, and the other thing too is the passing game will be opened up a little bit because you can run all over the Chargers. Everybody's done it all year, and this is going to be a good game for Fournette too. All right, fair enough. You with him? You're going to jump on that bandwagon uh, there, Chris? You know, I do like the, I, I do understand what he's saying with Didi. And again, I think you could just play both of them. I really do. I like, I, I think it's definitely risky to to roll out Minshew and as a you know, quarterback one in your fantasy playoffs, but I understand where he's coming from. And in the DFS world, I mean, Jacksonville let everybody down last week against Tampa Bay. So you want to go back to them. I think it's a, you know, a sneaky little play. They're going to be interested to see that ownership percentage. Oh yeah. Projections. Yeah, uh, everyone be off them probably, Jake. Yeah, I don't know. People, we talk about it on that show all the time that people are smarter than. Well, nobody was on the Rams last that's week. That's and I thought that was a way that's that sounded so disrespectful. Like, <laughs> smarter than we expect. I, I just no, but again, nobody was on the Rams last smart. week. Nobody was on the Rams. It was a layup to to expect to a, a get right game for the Rams. Robert Woods. I mean, Higby was a little bit well, jockey, you know why, but it was only because he's twenty five. But Goff, uh, Cup, well, Gurley, he was, he, they were all due. All of them. <laughs> Every single they one, of them. and they were playing two. the Cardinals. Yeah, no, it always helps when you're due and you play a layup team. Yes. So and. Yeah, the Chargers are that. Man, they stink. <laughs> when you're do 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 do. When you're do do. All right, Ryan Tannehill. We gonna see some Tyrod Taylor this week. Uh, oh man, I, Rivers is gonna go out in a bad way. <laughs> it's I gotta tell you, against Jacksonville, with how putrid their defense is this year, and if he's bombing, and the fact that they're pretty much out of, I could see it. I mean, if you're the Chargers, why not see if you want to mess around with Tyrod Taylor and back up a potential, you draft a potential future and then, you know, not have them have to start next year. Is it, could be in the NFL next year? Yeah, yeah he might be. I think he's Carolina's quarterback. <laughs> North I, I just feel like back. he's not going to, I don't know if he's a guy that's going to go to another team. I, I just feel like if that's it, the Chargers that, don't want so him. So that's what time. I was going to say. I was going to say yes for a team like Miami that maybe like Fitzpatrick doesn't come back and they draft a quarterback and then it's like, all right, let's not throw him to the Wolves in the first season and let him learn over, under somebody. I could see a team like that or the Bengals. You know, the Bengals get rid of Andy Dalton, draft the quarterback and pull in Phillip Rivers for less, something like that. Uh, but to your point, Chris, the reason I hesitated is because Phillip Rivers has made it clear before he didn't even want to move in the first place yeah. when the team moved. So, and, you know, the family man with 7,000 kids, you know, that's what happens is, like, maybe he just doesn't want to be away from them. I mean, when you got, like, you know, a litter of children around you. 17 so. touchdowns and 15 picks. Oh, I thought you were going to say 17 kids. Maybe. <laughs> It'll be the Rams' backup instead of Bortles. He's almost got more kids than touchdown Ooh, passes. That's interesting. I kind of like that one. All right. Ryan Tannehill. Is he a must-start at this point? I mean, legitimately, since Ryan Tannehill has taken back over, the first game, not, you know, the best, but since he's taken over, he is a top seven quarterback. Is Ryan Tannehill, does, it, does he deserve the respect that he should be getting? You throw out the Denver game, and I'm not saying throw it out, because like, you, Chris, you said it before, I, I hate throwing things out. Right. But first start of the season at Denver, 144, and then every single game, 312 and 2, 193 and 3, 331 and 1, 182, 181 and 2, 259, 2, 182, 2. He's got, 16 points or more in every single game. Again, I'm going to ask the question. He's a top seven quarterback over that stretch. Is he a must start? I think he is. I mean, he leads the league in, in pass and yards per attempt, 9.1. 
He's second in completion rate at 72, just behind Drew Brees, who keeps breaking his own records. And he <laughs> runs around. Again, running around. Um, 40 <laughs> yards. He, he didn't do it last week. But the week before that, 40 and two rushing touchdowns. The week before that, 37. The week before that, 38 and a rushing touchdown. He's opened up this offense, and I feel like the Titans are, quote-unquote, for real. I mean, yeah, they beat the Colts and Jags, but they had a great game against KC. Hold on, hold on. Are they for real if you put it in quotes? Maybe not, Um, (laughs) but close. Um, You know, because before with Marcus Mariota, it was just, let's hand it off. They just showed all their colors. Like, they showed all their cards, rather. When they had Lewis on the field, you knew it was going to be a dump-off. But with Henry before, it was just him running into walls. It's open up the play action. He's able to run. He's able to throw downfield to guys like A.J. Brown. Corey Davis has still been, you know, non-existent. But he's, even with just really one passing weapon, even that game against KC, there wasn't another wide receiver who had more than one catch on the team, and he still came away with a solid game. So I do think that he is is definitely startable, and I know people have been hesitant to start him over the past couple weeks, but the numbers have been there. It's the Raiders. Like, this secondary is not great. The reason that we were starting to feel Sam Darnold is because he carved them up a couple weeks ago. So, yes, I do think that... Tannehill is startable. I must long start story this short. Point. Yes, long story <laughs> short. Quote, unquote, so, startable. So I will say I'm nervous about this game, and it's not because they're playing the Raiders because I think that's a, a great matchup. It's because of the forecast in the game. There is almost guaranteed to be rain in this game right now, and that makes me nervous for anybody except Derrick Henry. I think there's a chance Derrick Henry runs for like 250 yards and seven touchdowns. But there's – Because the, the Raiders' defense sucks. But it, when you're playing on that field – that field does not hold water, and especially three-fourths of that field or a fourth of that field is just playing dirt that it will turn to mud. If it's raining, and it's supposed to rain not just Sunday but all week leading up to it, I think there's a chance this is kind of a mud pit slosh game, and I don't, I'm don't. i not sure I want to play Tannehill in that, in that uh, environment. That's the only thing that makes me nervous because if it was a clear day, I say he's a must-start against the Raiders. I'm just not sure about this weekend. Yeah, Brad, the weatherman, is a, does some good calls. I don't feel as good anymore. I know well, that field well too. Like I, I, I yeah. played in Oakland three years. Like it's, it does yeah. not hold water well, and so it's well. It's here's just the thing. Brutal. I will, I will say this. I pulled it up while you're talking about it. So it's actually supposed to only be come Sunday. It's now changed. It's showers in the morning, and those are supposed to end by morning. So I will say this. I'm with you. Watch this game mm-hmm. because if they keep the tarp on all the way through Sunday morning and they can keep most of it off, and then it's just light showers and done before well before game time, I think that we would all agree that just go ahead and roll them out there. To your yeah, point, though, fair. Brad – if it's raining, I mean, because that's the forecast right now, rain all day Friday, rain all day Saturday, and rain into Sunday morning. If that starts to move back and slows down, and then all of a sudden you start to drag into game time when they're not going to have time, even if they take off the tarp, it's just going to be a mess anyway, then I'm, I, I, that makes a ton of sense. So that's going to be one to watch for everybody going forward. On that side of things, not just because of this game, the only question I have for the Raiders, because I've been getting a lot of this in the rankings column and the waiver column, is Tyrell Williams droppable at this point if you need the spot? Ooh, yeah, if you need the spot, I think. If you need, um, I don't know, a running back or some other wide receiver that you trust. Yeah. Here's one. If he was your only person you could drop for your backup quarterback now at this point of the season, would you drop yeah. Ty- Tyrell? Yeah, yeah. Like if Tyrell's my fifth or sixth wide, no question. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Play, get a matchup, get a good matchup for week fifteen on your bench. All right, so your game, <clears throat> the game of the week, Kansas City at New England. 
on the Patriots side of things, Brad, is there anybody you trust outside of the trio? And I'll include Sony Michelle because, look, we don't trust him as more than like a low in RB2, but it's White, Michelle, and Edelman. Is there anybody, anybody, all those wide receivers, anybody you trust outside of that? Because I kind of compare it to the circle of trust of those backfields is I don't want to touch anybody else on this team. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I do either. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting because that, the numbers last week got so skewed in the second half when the Patriots were playing from behind and Brady was just chucking the ball like crazy because he ended up having a good volume game. And, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't a good efficient game. If you watch that game, you walk away from it thinking this is the most vulnerable the Patriots have looked in about 10 years. And, and there's a, I, I think it's an opportunity for Kansas City who's been playing pretty well defensively lately. Um, to, to go in there and, and win a game in New England and, and get their momentum back and, and who knows, potentially even, you know, sneak into that two seed and get the, get a first round bye because, um, th- this is a game that everybody in Kansas City has pointed to from the, the day the schedule came out. They want this game in New England and, and now it's, you know, now it's here and, Outside of the running back situation, Kansas City is completely healthy. If they get Damian Williams back, like I said earlier, I think there's a good chance he has a good game. I really like the Chiefs in this. And then not just from a homer standpoint, it's just the idea that, like, I think the Patriots are very vulnerable right now. And, and they're they're kind of looking in the mirror a lot after that game against the Texans and the Ravens where they just have just gotten beat to the ground. Yeah, Um I, I think the Chiefs go in and win this game too. Uh, I jumped on them plus three and a half. It's now three uh, for New England. It's basically a coin flip. I mean, you don't see that too often. The Pats just favored by three at home. Um, I think that they'll try to get Michelle involved, but Jake, yeah, it's really tough to, to you know to roll him out. I mean, that has been the recipe to, to success against the Chiefs, you know, all season. I know they've been a little bit better against backs, but I mean, allowing 141 rushing yards per game, it's the third most, the second most fantasy points to back as backs. I know that last week James White came in and he was good, and it's probably going to be another James White game. I, you know, the same thing they're saying, Brad, about Damian Williams could be the same thing with White. It could just be like, you know. It, I have a hard time feeling like New England's going to score 30 points, but it could potentially like that is still in play where it is like, you know, a bit of a shootout where both of these backs are, are catching balls out of the backfield. But I do feel like they'll want to try to establish a run. They tried that last week against Houston with Tony Michelle. I mean, he was getting some carries, he's running, but they just got behind in the game and then he just took a seat and then that was it. So it, there's always that risk that that could happen again with Sony Michelle, but it is possible where, you know, he gets about 10 carries in the first couple quarters here and he has some success on the ground. So I think as like a, borderline flex maybe but i do feel a little bit better about borderline flex maybe yeah i do feel if i had to choose one of the two i am going to roll out james white but i mean the week before that guys he had 0.6 fantasy points yeah, so. i know yeah, i know yeah and in the playoffs we all know you know belichick's uh you know propensity to just do something completely unexpected they're in the playoffs against the Chiefs. rex burkhead had a monster game and brandon bolden week yeah, yeah, it, it could be a, a Burkett or Bolden week, and if you're looking to save some money in DFS and just grab a cheap running back, with you know, for a flex spot for some upside, and <laughs> throw in there with Will yeah. Fuller and Aaron Jones, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you score five or five hundred. Enjoy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about the Chiefs, and I don't think there's much left to say on that side of things. So let's jump to the Steelers and the Cardinals, and I'm going to go to the Cardinals side, Chris. Kenyon Drake. This is his backfield. But Steelers, bad matchup, and let's include Larry Fitzgerald, question startable. Larry, uh, Christian Kirk, question startable. I mean, uh, do you feel good about starting any Cardinals this week? No, I don't. And I've been telling people in the chat I'm not playing Kirk. I feel the same way with it's like Will Fuller. I just don't trust the matchup. 
and I, I just don't trust Kyler right now. So as much as he's getting the volume, like nine for six and forty-one, seven for three and twenty-three, I don't, I don't care about that. I just, I really don't. So he's not in my lineups, um, and he's another guy that I would probably drop if I needed somebody right now or I needed some depth because I'm not starting him. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. I I I don't think I want to start anybody uh, on the Cardinals. And even we talked earlier. You you mentioned Kyler Murray. I, I just don't feel good about him right now. And and just because I want him to show me he's healthy and not healthy to the point where he you know he can move around a little bit. I want to see the explosiveness and and where he's looking at eight, nine, ten carries. I'm I'm not running him out there against Pittsburgh's stud defense in, in a must win game in the playoffs. How about this? Just real quick version question. Today or Thursday, practices in full. Colin Murray, do you swing back? No, do you come back. No, I, I still don't want it. There's too many other options at quarterback this week. Um, that you know, with good matchups, I you know, like like we talked about, Tannehill. Uh, I'd play Minshew over him. Um, you know, who, who Sam Darnold? I play Darnold over him, and all those guys are are readily available in most leagues. All right, so let's go to the Pittsburgh side of thing. Now it's the matchup of matchups for this team and Devlin Hodges similar to the other backup backup quarterback because he is the backup backup he's not even the backup he's the backup of the backup is he gets to come in and do whatever the hell he wants as you've seen he's gonna chuck it he's gonna chuck it even more to David Blow Blow uh, Juju Smith-Schuster should return James Washington has been terrific but James Washington is sliding back to number two Juju Smith-Schuster in this game Chris are you starting both and if you do start both is it just default Juju over Washington, or is Washington now supplanted? Yeah, I, you know what? I would oh – man, this is just nuts. I didn't think I'd ever say this at this point of the year, but I would I would start James Washington over Juju. I mean, oh, you guy, said Juju Smith-Schuster was the worst wide receiver yeah, this season. he sucks. This guy's brutal, <laughs> man. He was, he was your bust, bust because yeah. he was going yeah, to finish like 50th. You said that. <laughs> uh, we'll get some nice value on Juju Smith-Schuster next year. I'll be all over him in drafts uh, next year. But um, – yeah, I, I, you know, I, James Washington has done enough over the past couple of weeks. These guys go duck hunting together. I don't know. There seems to be a rapport there. <laughs> um, you know, but the, the past three of the past four games have been, been pretty productive. He's getting some shots deep down the field. He's shown some of his explosiveness after the catch. So I, I think if I had to choose, it would be Washington. I know Mike Tomlin had said that Juju Smith-Schuster has a better chance of returning than, than James Conner, and then he kind of reversed it and said that Conner had a better chance to practice on Wednesday than Juju. So I don't really know what's going on with either of those guys, to be honest with you. Uh, I think it's pretty risky to, to play Juju even against Arizona. So I, I will choose James Washington. But, again, this is another situation <laughs> that is just too cloudy. Like, just try to go elsewhere if you need. Try to? Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's possible. I, Cole Beasley, again, I, I'd probably just rather I got to say this. Beasley well, hold on. Uh, and I'll go to Brad on this one. And Well, yeah, because I'm transitioning and the, what you just brought up. I feel like if James Conner is active, the Steelers – now, again – I'm creating a narrative here, but I, I think it's a smart narrative, is that if James Conner is active, I think the Steelers have learned their lesson, and that tells me he's okay, Brad. I, I would agree with that. Um, I think if he is active, you can play him and, and know that it's a really good matchup. That, But, I mean, I'm going to go back to this. I've said it several times. I've been right a whole lot outside of one game this year. Um, the guy to play on Pittsburgh this week is Vance McDonald. And and he's oh, yeah. going to be he's a a tight end. Everybody, everywhere. yeah. The only the only tight end who has had a bad game was Tyler Eifert all year against the, against the Cardinals. Well, um, Evan Ingram man. didn't do anything. It has Red Elson. Uh, <laughs> I know it's because yeah. actually Josh Josh Hill didn't do anything either. 
So okay. you got three, technically. Fair. Yeah, but you're talking that's a tight end no one plays. So. Yeah, so but I, Vance, Vance McDonald, I mean, I, I guaranteed lock top five tight end this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is lock. amazing like they can't I, I watching that game last week it was just so obvious it was like Higby Higby and he was wide open they just don't do anything in the middle of the field it's crazy to think about I, I, I get it but no hey look that's I gave people a French lesson inside of the waiver or not the, the rankings column because Vance McDonald is the sleeper this week which should be not even a sleeper should be pretty obvious and I said he's the matchup du jour which du jour actually means of the day so daily la semaine is actually of the week so there you go there's your <laughs> the French lesson du jour, that sounds good I'll have that yeah I'll have that what is that it's the soup of the day that sounds good I'll have that <laughs> all right Sunday night football Seattle at Los Angeles so one of the first questions that I saw and saw a lot of, Chris, I will tell you where I have said player first. So I have Drop said player. Yes, <laughs> no, I, get. I have Rashad Penny at running back 33. He's actually back-to-back with Marlon Mack. Oh, there. Yeah, Mack's back. Darwin Thompson. Assuming Darwin Thompson is the only of one of two pieces, but for Sean McCoy, because he's also there with Tariq Cohen and Darius Geis and Jordan Howard and Benny Snell. This is with no James Conner and James White. I feel like that's a fair range for him to be because I don't know that he's necessarily going to have more than 12 or so touches with a healthy Chris Carson in a game script that could be a shootout, but even if so, you don't necessarily run as much as against the Rams. So the first thing I got, Chris, and I got a lot of it, is why do you hate Rashad Penny? How do you have Rashad Penny so low? Why do you hate Rashad Penny? People that obviously never read me and know that they, I was on the wrong side of this for a long time of being one of the biggest supporters of Penny in the history of forever. Am I too low on Rashad Penny at 33? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we could play the game. I don't know who else you have, but it's definitely, you know, I got a lot of questions too, Carson or Penny. It's definitely Carson guys. Like, I mean, I think you have to be encouraged with what you saw last week. I mean, he started the game. He suffered the big hit. It looked like he was, he potentially could be done, but he came back in. He was getting a lot of the touches and yeah, Penny got a goal line touch, but Carson took himself out of that play. I mean, he had just had a nice run, 25 yard run. He called himself off and then Penny, you know, got in the field. And then he said after the game, actually it was Penny after the game had said that's the kind of the relationship that him and Chris Carson have. I mean, Carson wanted me to get in there and get a touchdown. That's the respect that I have for him. They're just going back and forth, but it seems to be Carson every single week that this guy is going to get about 20 carries to 80 to 100 yards. So I still feel better about him, but this is a situation that's much like Cleveland with with Hunt and Chubb. I think that, you know, you can play both. It's, It's I don't know if you have both of them, but you can play Penny knowing that Carson probably will have more carries than him. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I, I think you are too low on Penny, um, this week. And just, just because I think there's a really good chance this is a, a, a volume shootout type game, uh, because the, the Seahawks will give up some points. We've seen that. And, you know, in, in all different ways and, and facets. So I think there's a good chance the Rams, you know, are, are a, a decent play this week. Um, but I, I like Penny more in the passing game than Carson. Um, and, it, and all it, in reality, all it takes is one Chris Carson fumble and he may not see the field again the rest of the day. Uh, and, and, you know, it doesn't mean he won't come back next week and be an RB1. Uh, but for the rest of this game, I, I think Penny's floor is now high enough where you can, you know, trust him to play and he's got a super high ceiling. It was amazing though to see Seattle just late in that game let Carson, you know, with all his fumbling issues, he was still running out the, the clock. You know, and and they were trusting him yeah. in that situation. So I, again, I think that was, you know, a positive sign. I don't know who you have ahead of him, Jake, but I don't know. Darius yeah, Geis or Rashad Penny. It's only, the, it's only the first run. Oh, uh, yeah. 
That's a toss-up for me. I actually have them almost back-to-back. And I think they're I, – but see, that's the thing. Is I feel like that's the conversation. It shouldn't be, in my opinion, uh, Devin Singletary versus him, which Devin Singletary I have at 21. And that's what it sounds like where a lot of people want to put him is around that, like, low-end RB2. So, you know, hey, like I said, he might move. That's why the rankings go out multiple times. Tyler Lockett's right now wide receiver 25. Fair or foul? Oh, man. I think that's... Look, here's the thing. If you watch that game, Tyler Lockett was open at times. Yeah, and was. Russell Wilson wasn't looking at him, which makes me... So I brought up on this show before the Baker Mayfield thing that D'Angelo Williams told me about the fact that if in practice, you know, they double cover him and Baker's too inexperienced to, you know, put that out of his mind, he's been accustomed to not looking at Odell Beckham. And that's why Jarvis Landry's seeing so many targets. Well, I go to the fact that Russell Wilson is smart enough and maybe... He knows Tyler Lockett's not 100%, and that's why he's not his first read. Maybe it's his second, third, fourth read now. Yeah, it, it's very possible. I could see the frustrations from Lockett. I know it's like back-to-back games where he's just been invisible. There was a play in the end zone where I think Defender made a nice play on him at the very end. He almost had a Squeaky touchdown. Wheel. Yeah, and and then there was another play where he was wide open. Jake, you're right. It was like... Um, it was like kind of a crossing route, and he was wide open to the right side of the field, and it looked like Russell Wilson, he they made eye contact, and he was going to throw him the ball, and then he decided to spin around, and he ended up getting sacked, and I saw Lockett's hands go up in the air, and he looked a little bit frustrated, like, why isn't like why am I not getting the ball? I, I think to Brad's point that this could potentially be a bit of a shootout, so, I mean, if you have Lockett, there's a chance maybe you're not even in the playoffs with what he's done over the past couple <laughs> weeks, but I, I view him more as a, a, more of as a wide receiver three as that boomer bust guy, but I feel a little bit better about him than I do some of these other guys like Fuller and Brown that we've talked about. So I would go back to playing him, but again, I... Do you put him ahead or behind DK Metcalf? I put DK Metcalf ahead of him, absolutely. Well, to that point, DK Metcalf essentially turned into the first read now. Absolutely. He has, yeah. yeah him or Jacob Hollister, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Metcalf has been, he's been getting a ton of volume and a ton of targets. He's a red zone threat. I would definitely play him ahead of him too. And then there's the Ramsey threat as well, right? So. Yeah, that's a concern as well. So yeah. speaking of Ramsey, real quick on the Rams side of things, who is more droppable, Tyrell Williams or Brandon Cooks? <laughs> Probably Williams, but Cooks is right there too. Like Cooks is not no, getting I would any drop of my lineups. Yeah, no chance. This guy's not. At least Tyrell Williams him. is the number one niche, maybe the number two to Darren Waller, but. Brandon Cooks yeah. isn't even like number three. He's like four now. Well, he's a big time bust this year. Brad? Yeah. Cooks or Williams? Yeah, I, I would drop Cooks. I would drop Williams. Yeah. I, drop, both. Give me, drop them all. Give me, yeah. yeah. Give me Curtis Samuel over both those guys. <laughs> he's a, he's anti Pokemon. Drop them all. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, get rid of him. Play Slayton what? over him. There you go. Well, so let's talk about Slayton to round things out. Here we go. Giants at your Eagles, Chris. Uh, continuing. Yeah, by the way, your Eagles get the Giants twice over these last few weeks. They still have a glimmer of hope for the playoffs because. No chance. Giants will they, win they, one of those games. No, please don't. <laughs> Maybe they're both. Gonna, they're going to ruin Eagles everything. Lost to the Dolphins. There's a chance. I know. The Giants are going to slip. They look, they're right now in the number two spot for Chase Young and they're going to slip back behind the Redskins and lose them and it's going to be. The, anyway. the Redskins can still make the playoffs. They could, they could win that division, even though they're gonna, ha- they're potentially, what are they locked into a top five pick right now? Well, not locked, well, yeah, as <laughs> but a, they as, could as win a, the division. That's how. As of last week, the, the Giants weren't mathematically eliminated because of that. That's how bad the division is. But in any case, the Giants side of it, if Golden Tate is back, 
what do you do on the Giants side? Is it only Sterling Shepard and then it's kind of these circle of trust issues we've been talking about with a lot of teams because, yeah, Caden Smith was fun, but Caden Smith was fun because no Golden Tate. Golden Tate's back, which should kick Shepard back out more than he was in the slot. Darius Slayton's the big wide Like, I just feel like it's going to take – <laughs> For all that I like Golden Tate as a player and I support him, I just feel like for fantasy purposes, he ruins everything if he comes back. Yeah, a little bit of a revenge, right? Oh, yeah. Tate, revenge for the for minute that he was there in Philadelphia, revenge. that he was just sitting on the <laughs> sidelines with his helmet on the whole time. Get me in, Doug. Uh, I would play them all. <laughs> really? I mean, I, yeah, I would at this point. I mean, I the, with the Eagles secondary, um, I'd, if I had to choose between Tate and Shepard, I feel like I'd play Tate. See, I would lean Shepard, and I would lean Shepard as, like, the only one out of all of them. What about you, Brad? And I'm not saying I know. Uh, I want to avoid it if I'm, possible. I'm okay playing Slayton. Just as uh, he's in the last three <laughs> we'll games. Take one. <laughs> we'll all take yeah, one. One of these guys are going to score. Games, he's got 30 targets, so they're, I mean, he's getting getting some decent looks at least. Um, I, I mean, this is a game. It's been a while since we've said this, but this is a game I really like Saquon Barkley in. Um, I, I think, and I, not from a rushing standpoint, but from a receiving standpoint, I think there's a really good chance he gets some volume in the pass game. And, and I hope that's right because he's, you know, most teams don't, don't run very well against the Eagles. Uh, but it's, it's just, uh, I, just kind of a, a, a hunch that they're like, he got 22 touches last week and it was good to see him back getting that volume. He's not going to be able to get the same volume on the ground this week. So I think they're going to find a way to get to him in the pass game. How are the Eagles favored by nine points in this game? Honestly. Have you seen the Giants? Have you seen Philly? <laughs> uh, yeah, and we were just talking about before last week the fact that their secondary had been playing better since the return of Mills and Darby. Yeah, I, I, no. No, I just really, I, uh, kidding aside, I feel like it was kind of an off week for them. Like, look, they There's no definitely no reason there to be an off week. I mean, it, right. I don't know if that's on coaching or if they just went into that game thinking, ah, it's Miami. We'll just, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll win the football game. But defensively, they were. Ryan Fitzpatrick got whatever he wanted. Like, Kaseki was wide open over the middle of the field numerous times, and Devontae Parker was, it was every, everybody knew it was going to Parker Gusecki, and there was yeah. nothing that they could do about it. And again, yeah, another trick. And all play. the Parker catches were like the, contested <laughs> catches, too. Just throw it up and let him make a play. Yeah, see, some of them were contested. Are the Eagles defense is due for a rebound, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have been better at home. I mean, they had those two home games there. And as it's well, the Giants. But... They're, like, they, they just beat the Giants. That's all it comes down to. So on the Eagles side of it, here's the only question. No, you know what? We're going to have to save this for money. Don't forget to do it because we can't answer it right now. We'll have to let you guys know if you're going to wait for this game. Hopefully you find out by Friday what the status of Jordan Howard is. But if you can't and it's still up in the air headed to the weekend, do not wait for Monday Night Football if you don't have a backup plan. Like if you're going to wait for Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders or whatever, you better have a backup plan. And I can't see that you do because that's a running back situation that's pretty thin. So we'll discuss it on both. If you've got both, I don't even know if you handcuffed him. See, I don't even – well, so I'll say that, Brad, is I, the reason I, I don't even really want to do that is because I don't want to wait and then find out they're both playing like, because I just feel it's like it hurts both values. Like who would you play? Would you play Jordan Howard or would you play Miles Sanders? I'd, I'd probably play uh, – let me think about that for a second. Um, Sanders. Just play Sanders. Yeah, I probably would play Sanders in that instance. But one way or another, you want to attack the Giants. That's a team that you want to go against. Like that, that Well, so seen... let me put it this way. Here, here, Here's one. Do you okay. wait to find out and then risk Miles Sanders splitting touches with Jordan Howard, or do you roll out Matt Breida or Marlon Mack or Damian Williams? 
I mean, like, that's the question. I'd, and I think I'd play that, Williams if he's healthy, but I'd probably play Sanders over the others just because they're using okay. Sanders in the passing game. So there, there's at least, I, I feel like a decent safe floor there. He's, he's, I mean, he, he's getting, well, what's he got? Five, three, two, you know, he's 14 targets the last three games. He's also getting, even if he's splitting carries and then still getting four or five targets, I'm okay with playing Sanders uh, against the Giants because I think he can do a lot with those touches. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much, but he's got, you know, at least three targets in, uh, you know, ever since early October. So, I mean, he's he's at least involved a little bit through the air. And, I mean, he could have, I mean, if it wasn't for Wentz, my goodness, this guy could have three or four receiving touchdowns over the past couple of weeks. I mean, he missed him again last week. It's very similar to what against Seattle when he was wide open on, on the sidelines and he would have taken it to the house. I know he took one, but it's... I would play him just knowing that he's going to get some touches. You're, you're playing a risky game if you're a Jordan Howard owner and you're waiting for this guy to come back on a Monday night game. Yeah, that, don't do it weeks. that way. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. By the way, breaking news in this game, Eli Manning starting Monday night because Daniel Jones is hurt. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Dead serious. Just happened. Just came wow, across on Twitter. our way out. Amazing. On our way out. So oh, thank goodness this is a Monday night game. I'm hammering the Eagles now. About. I like that nine-point spread. <laughs> That's that is yeah. Oh, in a he's in a boot, a moderate high ankle sprain. Persh, um, yeah, Pat Shermer. Wow, amazing. Uh, so, so now, how does that change go. things, Jake? For you, does it change things at all? Because there was a connection with Jones and Slayton. Uh, this well, yeah, it downgrades Slayton because Eli Manning can't throw that ball anymore. Right. Not that Eli he ever threw it. That quarterback against the Eagles. Oh my God! I just I just tweeted out <laughs> it's happening, not gif. <laughs> oh man, Eagles, you could feel a little bit better. I think about the Eagles D. You know, everyone picked them up last week against Miami, and they they were pretty disappointing. I had a buddy who hardly knows anything about football, fantasy back football, out. and he said, "Man, what the heck? I picked up the Eagles D against Miami, and they gave up like fifty points. I'm dropping them, and now it's like maybe you know maybe you hang on. Actually, I think you definitely <laughs> hang on. I'd play them against Eli. Eli Manning oh against God. the Dolphins, week fifteen. Is that good for Barkley? Right? Maybe a few more targets, a few more catches. I've heard you say uh, before, Jake, that Jones doesn't, you know, dump off as much as... Doesn't dump off as much, but I still think they have offensive line issues and offense issues as a whole. So, but in look any case... These, look at these matchups if you're desperate. Eli Manning is the Eagles, then the no, Dolphins? No. Absolutely. No. <laughs> no. You want to play Eli? No, Heck yeah. no, 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 no. Against no, the Dolphins, no, you would no. not play Eli against the Dolphins. I'm, no, I wouldn't. I I don't no. think I would to get to the fantasy football championship. Not for what your uh, other options are still out there. He's yeah. not even going to be a QB one for me. No way. Maybe it's like a number two in a two quarterback league, but I may get involved in some DFS next week. That's for sure. No chance. Jimmy in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, nice work, Brad. We ended up if you want banger. to lose your fantasy playoffs, start Eli Manning. If you want to win them. <laughs> Somebody who's going to be a top 10 quarterback and is a top 10 quarterback this week and down the stretch now that everybody, well, almost everybody except for Deshaun Jackson's back. Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback again. Unfortunately, a lot of his owners might not even be in the playoffs. So he can turn, there you go. Now you can turn to Eli Manning. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. Follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany. I'm at Only Kid. Prayers up for Barkley. It's not safe one. My dog. Uh, as she continues to feel. And we'll be back on Monday to hopefully talk to you guys again. Hopefully you're still going through the playoffs and succeeding or just winning some money in DFS. Because we love you guys. Good luck.